Hello, and welcome to the Heaven Bound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Thank you for joining us on the journey. So the last Friday in August, we are wrapping up a four-part series looking at how the last book of the Bible, Revelation, helps us see. This is a book that we need to read. It's challenging. It is thought-provoking. Many are terrified of it. But Roger, we've been looking big picture-wise at how in episode one, Revelation helps us see the complete Jesus. Episode two, the view from heaven. Episode three, the need for endurance. Today, we want to focus in on how Revelation helps us see how the story ends. Absolutely. And, you know, a common phrase in this book is, I saw. And so this is described and written like a picture book. And so God, through words, is showing John what's unfolding and what's coming. And what's so interesting is, as we read this book, we know what's going to happen. We know how it ends. God doesn't leave it a, a mystery. God doesn't leave it as a surprise. Well, just guess what? You know, who knows how this is going to end? A lot of times we watch a movie and we don't know how the movie's going to end and we just kind of hold on to suspense. And sometimes we say, man, that what didn't turn out like I thought it was going to turn out. This is going to turn out like we think it's going to turn out because God tells us. And that gives us a lot of hope as we think about these things. One of the grandest things Revelation teaches us in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10 is that the devil is going to be dealt with. This is not a major cosmic battle between the forces of evil and the forces of good, and there's going to be this big galactic battle, and who knows who's going to win. We know who wins. God tells us. He wins. Jesus wins. And so in Revelation 20, verse 10, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The Lord said in Matthew 25, verse 41, that hell's prepared for the devil and his angels. Those little cartoon strips that shows the devil down in hell with a little pitchfork kind of jabbing people gives you the idea that he's in charge of hell and God's in charge of heaven. That's not the biblical picture. The biblical picture is God's in charge of both, and the devil's going to be tormented forever and ever. Hell's not made for man. Hell's made for the devil. And we're going to see that's one thing we know is coming about because God shows us this picture. So there have been times that this lion has ravaged us. The the dragon has devoured us. There have been times that the tempter has tempted us and we've given in. And we have become slaves of sin, but that doesn't have to be the end of our story. We know that Jesus has won the decisive victory on the cross and in his empty tomb. The last book of the Bible tells us Satan is not going to have the last word. What else stands out to you, Roger? Well, it also stands out in the very last chapter, chapter 22, verse 14, says, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates of, into the city. God gives us a promise that if we're faithful to him, we will be with him in heaven. Jesus said this in the Gospels in John chapter 14, where I am, there you may be also. What a comforting thing to, to realize that when this world is over, 
I don't have to cross my fingers. I don't have to collect four-leaf clovers, hope I'll go to heaven. I have the promise of God if I'm faithful. How do I know it's going to be this way? Because God is true, and God doesn't lie, and what God says is going to be. And that just gives us such grand, grand hope as we think about these things. The last couple chapters of this book picture this incredible city that is descending from heaven, right? And for instance, in Revelation 21, verse 22, John says, I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Uh, Verse 27 tells us, nothing unclean will ever enter into it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So Satan is going to be dealt with. There is this dwelling place with God. It is described in extraordinary terms, but Roger, I know one of your favorite statements in all of the Bible, Revelation 22 verse 4 defines for us what's going to make this the best of all. What do you love from that verse? It says, we shall see his face. Yes. And, and you know, there, there's been a lot of times in our lives where we saw some incredible things, sunsets and sunrises and standing on Grand Canyon and looking d- deep down into that. We've, we've seen the moon. We've seen all kinds of things. I can imagine what the people who first walked on the moon thought about when they looked back and saw planet Earth. A surgeon who opens up a, a chest and there's a beating heart, what he thinks, what he sees. A new mother who holds that little baby for the very first time. We've seen our names in books and on plaques and awards. You know, we've seen a lot of incredible things in this life. But the greatest thing we'll ever see is the face of God knowing that he's welcoming us into his home forever. That's just so incredible. In the book of 1 Thessalonians, the apostle would say it this way. He says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as the rest who have no hope. Right there he's saying we have a hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who fall asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who fall asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be called up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Always. Always. We we hear in Revelation 22, forever and ever. What an incredible thought. The devil is going to be dealt with. We will have a forever and ever always dwelling place with God. What else does Revelation help us see about how the story ends? It, it, it shows that People do not get away with murder, as we use that expression. Yeah. We, we, we see that evil is going to meet justice. 
uh, early in that book in chapter six, there were those who had been slain by the word of God. They, you know, they, they were they had been martyred, they had been persecuted to death, and they're crying out for vengeance and for justice. And they're told just to wait a little bit longer. Well, as the book unfolds, justice is served. Uh, those who are not walking with God, those who do not have their names in God's book of life, they will be dealt with by the Lord. And we'll see that what triumphants, as has been spoken all through the Bible, is righteousness. Those who walk with the Lord, they may seem small on this earth. They may seem to be unsuccessful by the world's terms. But in the eyes of heaven, in the eyes of God, they will be triumphant. And that's a that's a sounding theme through this book. Now, we know that there, you, you mentioned First Thessalonians earlier. We know that there were saints in the first century who were a little unsettled that some of their friends, brothers and sisters, loved ones, we're passing away. And well, what if I die, my time on earth comes to an end before the Lord comes back? Resurrection is a major theme in First Thessalonians, in First Peter, throughout this last book of the Bible. How does resurrection center into how this story ultimately ends. Because what what it reminds us of is the devil doesn't have the last word. Uh, Jesus would say in the Gospel of, of Luke that do not fear the one who can kill the body and do no more. Fear the one who can kill the body and the soul in hell. There he's talking about himself. And so the greatest thing Satan can do is is just try to take our life. But those who walk faithfully with God, they realize that's nothing because we'll still be with the Lord. Here in 1 Corinthians 15, in, in beginning of verse 50, the apostle says, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable put on the imperishable. But I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall all be changed. For the perishable will put on the imperishable, and the mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will put on the imperishable, and the mortal put on immortality, then will come about the saying that's written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's as if the apostle is almost taunting death. Is that the, is that the best thing you've got? Is that your fastball? Is that, is that as hard as you can throw it? Where is your sting, O death? Because we live on in Jesus Christ. You know, Roger, I as we're thinking through this analogy of how the story ends, I think of at times, especially maybe a work of fiction. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe I'm not able to read it as as quickly as I would like. It stretches over the course of weeks, maybe a couple of months, and and I know there have been times in in my life that I'm reading something, and there there are parts. Parts of the story, details that, well, I'm not exactly sure what that was all about, or I'm not sure I remember that character being referenced back in chapter one, and here I am in chapter 21, and I, I don't remember all the connections, and I, I don't see how all the dots connect, but I, I press on, and by the time I get to the end, okay, there, there may have been things along the way that I didn't understand, things that I missed, Altogether, things that confused me, 
But when I get to the end of the story, things click into place. And and isn't that the way life is as depicted in the Bible? Isn't that the way this last book of the Bible is? I'm, I'm not sure I've ever met the disciple who will confidently say, I understand every wrinkle, every dot, every crossing of the T in all 22 chapters of this book. It is a challenging book. There are things that make us scratch our heads. There are things that make us dig deep into the Old Testament shadows, prophecies, various things. But what I love about this book, what I love about this little series is, all right, there might be things about those beasts in Revelation 13 that I'm not exactly sure about, or Babylon as it's pictured in chapter 17 and 18, and okay, let's continue digging, let's continue studying, but just because I don't understand certain things in life, just because I don't understand certain statements in the last book of the Bible doesn't mean I cannot live with Christ-centered confidence about, I know how this story is going to end, my story, your story. And what's so beautiful about all that is, you know, the details do matter, and we we don't want to gloss over that and say, well, it really doesn't matter. Well, they they do matter, but sometimes we can get so deep in the weeds, we, yeah. we forget the big picture, and we can so focus on the verse or word, and we spend so much time on that, we forget the the thirty two thousand foot view. The thirty two thousand foot view of all of this is God made us, and we sinned, and from Genesis to the Book of Revelation, God's trying to get us back to him. And those that walk with him are going to make it. That's what the story is all about. That's what we see. And so when we go over there and we're over here in, in the book of Genesis and we're talking about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and we run through those prophets and there's Ezekiel and Daniel and we're going through all these passages and that's the picture we need to remember. What this is all about is that we walked away from God. Mankind walked away by God from God by choice. God went after us, sending Jesus so that he would die for our sins so we could have the hope of heaven again. And when we get that big picture, yeah, we, we you know it may take a long time for us to figure out what these beasts are and this <laughs> and that and why there's colored horses in this book and all this and that. And, and you know, and, and it may be that in our life we don't ever fully get it right. We, we'll try our best, but we may not get it right. But I know the picture. Yeah. And I know the picture that if I'm not with God, I'm not going to make it. And if I am with God, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what Russia throws at me. It doesn't matter what the Romans throw at me. It doesn't matter what life is. God will never leave me as long as I stay with him. And when this is over, I will be with him. You know, we have, we hear all sorts of theories as to how this world is going to end. We hear it in the secular news. We hear it in the New York Times bestseller list. We hear it on social media. We hear fears of nuclear war or climate change or, uh, you know, struggles between uh, nations. We hear about asteroids. We hear about aliens. We hear all sorts of things. But uh, you and I, we we were talking just briefly even before we hit the record button. You mentioned uh, Revelation helps us not be chicken little. What did you mean by that? 
Well, you know, when you turn on the news, you, you get the idea that uh, – there's just a little thin string holding us all together, and it's stretched, and it's going to snap. And what's going to happen is this world is going to come to an end. There's a, there, there's a well-known politician in Washington right now who eight years ago, I just will never forget this, eight years ago said this planet has only 12 more years. <laughs> and it's going, well, well, we're down to four years now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she doesn't talk about that now, but we're down to four years. That, that gets pretty serious, okay? And they keep kicking that can down the road cause, to get their agenda. But in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51, the apostle says, But I tell you a mystery, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. The we are Christians. Sleep is death. What Paul's saying is we are not all going to die when Jesus comes. There will be Christians on earth when Jesus comes. So that tells me no asteroid's going to hit us and we're all going to die. That tells us the global warming. We're not going to just burn up because we've had too much, too many cars running around here. It tells me that the Russians are not going to do it. It's not going to be the environment. When God is ready, he'll send Jesus. And when he sends Jesus, there will still be Christians on this earth. Now, do we believe that or do we believe the news? Chicken Little listens to the news and says, oh my, I got to do this, I got to do this, and I got to do this because the, the world's coming to an end. You turn on to another newscast, you read another report, it's something else, it's something else. And, and fear drives all kinds of worry. Christians don't worry. God's got this. Christians don't fear. It's going to be okay. We're not going to destroy this planet. We couldn't make it. We can't destroy it. God is the one who's going to do this when he's ready at his time. We're good stewards of what he's given us. We are thankful for what we have, but we believe he reigns supreme. Uh, Could I share just nine words from the last chapter that stand out to me as uh, central, kind of like spokes of, of this hub of the last book of the Bible, maybe to recap everything that we've talked about this month. Uh, the first three are trustworthy and true. We hear that in Revelation 22, verse 6. He, uh, this messenger says to John, these words are trustworthy and true. We know how the story ends because this wasn't John's guess or the apostles' hypothesis. This was a revelation from God revolving around his triumphant son, Jesus the Christ. The fourth word is simply blessed. We hear that in verse 7. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. We hear it in verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. What was lost in Eden will be found in this great paradise God has provided for those who wash their robes in the blood of his son. The next three words are, I am coming. Verse 20, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Those are the last words of Jesus in all of the Bible. We know how the story ends. Can you imagine if all that we had in the Bible was Genesis 
to the end of the Gospels, and Jesus ascends into the heavens, and that's all we've got. We have no idea how we're supposed to live, what the church is, how we're supposed to function, the impact that we're supposed to have in his name for his glory. God has provided from cover to cover the story, its beginning, its middle, and its end. And Roger, I would just end with three more words. Grace is real. I, you've done a lot of writing. I've done my fair share of writing. And sometimes the, the last few words are the toughest ones to come up with. I am so thankful that God's last sentence in his last book of the Bible points us to grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Grace is real. That's that's the note he leaves us with. And what a contrast, because the, the Old Testament, the last sentence ends with a curse. Yeah. <laughs> and so Old Testament ends with curse, and this ends with that. You know, let me just kind of put my own tie on, the, on this sure. last chapter, because this is it. This is the last thing God's going to write. There's no more books of the Bible. There's no more revelations. This is it. Those who believe in the concept of progressive revelation, God's still speaking to us, God's still revealing, misses this. And what I see in this last chapter are three things. I see, number one, a promise. Uh, He says in verse 3, there'll no longer be any curse. And he says in verse 5, there'll no longer be any night. Uh, There's a promise of that. I see also in this last chapter a warning. In verse 18 and 19, not to add to this book or not to take away. God's very serious about this. And then I see the book ends with an invitation. Verse 17 says, the spirit and the bride says, come. And so a promise, a warning, and an invitation. And the final words, grace. And again, we hope that this has helped you see this. And we hope that we know we haven't gone through, and you might have been hoping that we'd go through every single verse. We'd be here about 20 years if we did all that. <laughs> go, going through every what every rock means, what every stone means, and every gym means. We haven't done that. But what we wanted you to do is understand, don't be afraid of this book. This is a powerful book. It's in our Bible. God wants you to read this book. And we hope you see that it's a great book of encouragement and hope. And especially to this lesson of this hour is that when you know how the story ends, you lift your head up and you don't run around in fear. And when everyone around you says, aren't you worried about this? The answer is, no, I'm not. God's got this. And that's what we need to do as we think about this. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound Podcast. We hope it's helped you set your mind on things above, giving you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound. You can know how the story is going to end. You can believe with all of your heart that the best is yet to come.